You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Ladies, I have a passion I need to share. It's about food. I love food, but I like real food. You know, I went through a period, my first, probably from infancy through, let's say 40, of eating terribly. I ate awful. I ate processed foods. I was a carboholic. I loved crackers and pasta and starches and Danish cream cheese, Danish with frosting and cinnamon rolls and pies. My aunt's fabulous rhubarb pie, my all-time favorite with a thick crust and ice cream or whipped cream and then blueberry buckles. And you know what I'm talking about, all that delicious stuff. Well, after I had our one and only child, my body turned upside down, inside out and crazy. And I suddenly couldn't eat things without being sick. All those favorite carbs that I loved, especially the bread, I ended up with a food allergy to gluten, not quite celiac, but gluten intolerant. And it took a long time. It took a number of years for the doctors to figure that out. A number of years and me getting down to 108 pounds, which I know a lot of people might say, oh, that's a size four. I've always wanted to be a four. No, I actually cried. I actually stood in the mirror and cried because the doctors had given up on me, couldn't understand why I literally had diarrhea for three years, couldn't leave my house. If I went somewhere, I had to know where the bathrooms were and be very careful how long I was out and gone. Food just wouldn't, I wasn't getting, my body was not absorbing any nutrition from the foods that I was eating. So long story short, I changed my diet, which I wish I would have done before they took my gallbladder out because that made things worse, made things a lot worse. But if you think about it and everything that I've learned since, because I'm a little bit older than that 40 mark now, we eat differently here in America in particular. And because of lifestyle, we like to eat highly processed foods. So we're eating crackers, cookies, things in boxes, bags, and cans, because we're in a hurry. We have so much going on got to get something on the table and it could turn out to be fast food several nights a week, which is deep fried, high fat, high salt, high sugar. And all of this leads to unhealthy bodies, unhealthy brains, because what you eat does affect the chemistry in your brain, which is a whole nother show that we could do regarding depression, anxiety, uh, just the way you can think literally, if I eat too much sugar, I, I have brain fuzz. <laughs> My brain is fuzzy. Um, and I, and I put on weight and I feel bloated and it causes inflammation. 
Um, but one of the things that I really wanted to talk about was the fact that real foods, you know, the way that our grandparents and great grandparents used to eat from the garden and they grew food for the most part. And I, they did also go to grocery stores, but they bought real foods. They were eating meat and potatoes and vegetables and fruit. And yes, occasionally the pie, like I said, my great grandmother's pies be still my heart, but their bodies were healthier and they were stronger and they didn't have the allergies and the problems that we have today because of what has happened with processed foods, highly processed foods, add sugar, they add salt, and that affects your body. And it affects health insurance because people are getting sick more often. And it affects businesses that have to pay for that health insurance. You see this ripple effect and this domino effect that I'm getting at? It's not just a matter of, oh, I, I'm, I'm just going to eat Burger King and Ritz crackers every day or whatever crackers. And, that's, and I'm good with that. And wash it down with soda, a lot of soda. Oh my word, America consumes so much soda and crackers. And we need to do something. But here's what bugs me is that in order to eat these real foods and these really healthy, natural, real foods, it costs more. Isn't that, is ironic the right word? I mean, the food grows in the ground. We should be able to eat that and get that because you don't have to do much to that. You go pick carrots and vegetables and cabbage and, and you can eat it, but it's costing so much more than the processed foods, which are removed of the nutrients that our mind and bodies need, but it's affordable. So there's a problem here in America with being able to get real food to not only everybody, but especially people of lower income that need it because their health might not be so good because they've had to live on foods that aren't as healthy because it's affordable. You see how that's backwards? It seems backwards to me. And I'm not you sure know, what I, we do. I have a question about that because I agree with everything you said but I'm confused on the part where it costs more because I tend to shop on the outside of the grocery store. So the vegetables, the meats, hey. the, the dairy, those, those sections rather than with, within the middle. Um, certainly there are times when I go on my junk food binge and I'm perfectly happy with it, but <laughs> and, and I love Judy's pasta, which she needs to send me the recipe for. Um, but you know, I buy like a lot of zucchini and asparagus and uh, lettuce and tomatoes and mushrooms and all kinds of those good things. And I don't find that it costs me as much as a lot of the junk food in the middle aisles. Have you and priced out avocados? Well, I mean, I don't have to eat avocados, but I just had an avocado ranch, so I didn't need to buy avocado. You, you do actually changing eating better includes literally if you eat a half an avocado a day, it does it does tremendous things for your blood and for your body and to help lower cholesterol and and it's a good fat. 
So it is, is, I agree. I mean, I, I I have had my fill of avocados whenever I want them because I raised avocados. So, (sighs) so that, so I didn't need to go buy them. You'd be amazed at what we were paid for avocados as a grower than what you pay in the store. I mean, it's pennies for an avocado and you pay dollars for an avocado. Well, and now everywhere I'm looking because summer literally hit here in Michigan 24 hours ago, we, we didn't have a spring. We went from cold, cold, cold to 80 degrees today. And so people are out and they're buying summery type foods. And I love watermelon. Like I could eat it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And in between a, what I would consider a smaller size watermelon, $8. Look at the price of everything right now. I mean, Judy, you do a lot of cooking. So, I mean, that's something you can definitely speak to. My grocery bills are, are, are huge. I mean, they're, they have gone way, way up. You can't, um, my grocery bills have, have just really, really gone up. Um, I think that there, you know, there's a whole bunch of things I want to say. Um, the first one is that it's not just about the finances that <clears throat> I think hold people back from going organic, eating whole healthy foods. It's also uh, about time. It's, it's one of two things always. It's going to be time or money. Okay. And I'm going to tell you that people who have a lower income have none of either. Okay. (laughs) Because if you think about it, you have, um, you have this person who is holding down two to three jobs. Okay. Raising kids on their own without a partner. And do you think that they're going to do meal prep on Sunday? They're not doing meal prep on Sunday, okay? They are barely getting in the door, right? And and if they, you know, their, their goal is to feed, have a meal with their children as a family, it has to be quick. I mean, they have to get their meal finished in 30 minutes before the kids are out the door and they're on to baseball, basketball, soccer, whatever it is, okay? And- it, it's the time it real. It, it's, it's about time and it takes more time to eat healthy. Don't you think? I think, I think, I think for me personally, um, you know, I, I hear the whole lower income thing, but I think it's just income broad, um, across the whole spectrum. Um, I grew up, uh, in London, um, but I also have an amazing family that here in Virginia, um, we had a farm. And everything was brought up on the farm. And so um, with that being said, um, listen, I pray about my food. I, I ask, I literally listen to my body and I say to my body, um, as a matter of fact, the other day I said, okay, my body needs some cherries because I just had a taste for cherries. And I went into the grocery store looking for cherries. I went to the restaurant that's on the site where I work. And I said, listen, can I, how much will you guys charge me for a cup of cherries? My body's asking for cherries. And the guy was like, what? And I was like, my body's asking for cherries. Um, if my body starts to ask for cantaloupe or if my body starts to ask for green peppers or onions, I, I answer to that because our body knows to ask for particular things. What we don't 
always know is to listen to our bodies. Um, because here in America, everything is about, like you said, fast and instant. Oh, well, I've taken my vitamins, you know, and you're getting a portion of this and you're getting a portion of that, but you're not getting everything that you need. Sometimes you don't need meat, potatoes, and bread. Sometimes you just need a plate full of spinach, you know, for the day, for the entire day. Chocolate. And, and, you know, yeah, chocolate <laughs> as well. Exactly. I, I, well, I told the guy doctors that the other day, I said, listen, you need to get a bowl of chocolate in here. Seriously, it's like way too many women on staff here. Um, trust me, it'll help you. Um, you know, but we don't listen enough to our bodies. We don't listen enough to what's going on. You know, um, in, in Germany, they would say, how do you feel? Which means, what would you like to eat? Here, you, you've got Tomain Alley. I live literally off of Tomain Alley. You've got fast food, this fast food, that fast food, this fast food, that we don't know how that's prepared. We don't know if it's the same oils. If we, you know, I, I don't eat Chick-fil-A and I don't eat, imagine everybody loves Chick-fil-A. Well, I have food allergies to peanut oil. So because of that, um, if I were to eat Chick-fil-A, I'm going to go home and be in a comatic state afterwards because I can't eat it, you know? So but we need to listen to our bodies. Our bodies are constantly talking to us and telling us what we need. And there are brain foods. And here's my thing. When we, when we go to college, we, we want to know brain foods to study for exams. Well, guess what? You don't just need those brain foods to study for those exams. You need brain food so that it helps you later on in life so that some of the things that some of our elderly are dealing with, we won't have to deal with. You know, but it's a lifestyle. Cooking and eating, all those things are a lifestyle. Um, it is. I agree with you completely. I, I, uh, I have this this saying here. It says, "I, I have a zest and appetite. I like food. I've been lying awake in there thinking about food, and I'm gonna have it. I'm gonna have it. That's my diet motto. Okay." <laughs> But really, um, I am a product of what I put into my mouth. And I truly believe that. So I'm a breast cancer survivor. And I've talked about that before uh, with my girlfriends here. But I'm going to tell you that the only reason why I survived is two reasons. Number one, God realized I had a huge mouth and didn't want to waste it. Okay. Amen. <laughs> That's the first reason. The, the second reason is that I decided that I would do everything that the doctors told me to do, which was chemo, mastectomy, uh, five years of um, tamoxifen, the whole nine yards. But I felt that they were just treating the cancer. I didn't, I, I felt like my, the cancer was allowed to flourish and survive because of my immune system and, and my immune system failed me. And so I started to do research on why would my immune system fail me? Right. Um, and what it came down to were all the toxins that I was putting in my body via all the things that I, all those things that I was eating and drinking, um, as well as the stress the amount of stress that was in my life and that I allowed to control me. So I did my best to eliminate the stress. Now this is, this was 
18 years ago. So there was not a lot of options. We have so many incredible options today with organic food. I mean, it was not available in your average grocery store. So I had to go seek it out. And it was before Whole Foods came to town. Whole Foods wasn't a thing uh, yet back then. So I went to the small health food store. But I did realize that whatever I put into my mouth, that was going to be how I ended up. Right? You know, you know, Judy, you're real. you're spot on with the lifestyle comments. I, I can only imagine how difficult it would be to be a single parent with multiple kids working three jobs, how in the world you would feed your kids healthy food that you A, could afford and B, have time to make. I, I can't, I don't know the answer to that. Um, and I, that's something that I would want to help with. That's where my heart would go. Is like, how can I help this person? I don't know the answer for that. But lifestyle, when you look at the lifestyle that our grandparents had, and in particular, my grandparents, who Misha, like your family, they were, they grew up on farms and she, she cooked for all the farmhands and the families. And I remember having these gigantic meals of just really good food. And I know life isn't like that today. And you have to find other ways to manage life in order to eat better. And if I had the answer to that, I would have my own little talk show. (laughs) You know, Becky, one one thing that has helped me uh, is uh, this company called Imperfect Foods. And what it is, is it's ugly fruits and vegetables that have been rejected, right? But they're, they're perfect. They're perfectly edible and they're organic um, and they're delivered right to your door and they're cheap. So they're way cheaper than your pretty organic foods that are sent to the supermarket. So it's called, um, if you go to www.imperfectfoods.com, you can order your own you know, box of goodies to be delivered right to your door. Surely if you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. So you can listen in on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. You've been in that situation. The person next to you is sniffling or worse yet, (coughs) coughing. Flu, cold, and coronaviruses are everywhere. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to reduce these threats with an invisible mask as an additional layer of protection? Sold by hundreds of pharmacists and medical doctors, our American-made povidone iodine antiviral nasal spray, Cofix Rx, lasts for hours deactivating viruses and germs while protecting you from airborne pathogens that make us sick. America Out Loud listeners get 20% off. Use Cofix RX while in large groups, while traveling, or for any other type of high-risk situation as an additional layer of protection to help reduce your likelihood of catching a cold, the flu, or SARS-CoV-2 viruses. 
Right now, America Out Loud listeners get 20% off of all orders. Click our banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. And I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. I can tell you, one of the greatest pathophysiologic drivers for tiredness and fatigue during the day is poor quality sleep at night. People always focus on how long they slept, but they never think about the quality. And to improve the quality, there's a terrific product. That's the Healthy Cell REM Sleep Supplement. And what I tell friends and family and patients is take it every night consistently. Uh, it comes in a continue, a convenient bioabsorbable gel pack. Uh, take it right before you go to bed. Take the gel pack, brush your teeth, go to bed. Its effects are nearly instantaneous and patients get a well-rested sleep continuously, day after day, week after week, month after month, and then that daytime tiredness and fatigue melts away when there's a greater restful sleep the night before. So give it a try. Go to uh, HealthyCell.com, and in the promotional code, type in out loud for 20% off your order. Let's get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control label insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM Sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com. Okay, ladies, I don't know how many of you have pets, but we have a wonderful, loving, finally not so crazy puppy that is, what is he, I think he's about 15 months now. And his name is Oni. That's O-N-N-I. It's a Finnish name because we're a Finnish family. And I love him to death. But I find it interesting how people can take pet ownership to an extreme. Uh, Sometimes pets have become an accessory and they're carried around in bags. And not just bags, but designer handbags. Like I've seen Paris Hilton carry around a, I don't know, some sort of little pocket pet dog. Um, and let's see, clothes. There are clothing options for dogs now. Um, designer beds and designer diets. It has become so expensive to feed a dog. Uh, it's just insane. And then if you 
look for pet food that you think is healthy, then there's something else that's healthier, but it's, it's real food and it has to be refrigerated and it has to be cooked. Or then there's the raw diet and you have to give the dog food that you make and it's raw chicken feet or something or other and sardines. I did buy him a little can of sardines the other day just because <laughs> I read where it's good for his coat. So I find myself starting to fall prey to this, do everything for your pet. And now, and here's the other thing that we do that we had a dog before and I didn't do this until much later, but when we go somewhere, I pay to have somebody come to the house. How, how hoity-toity is that? But that's, that's what I wear my head is at with this dog. Um, I also, and I have to confess this, I got this dog to replace my daughter. She will love to hear that. She knows it. I've told her, but she is graduating from college. We're going to be empty nesters. And I have, she's our, only, our one and only. So I've been life obsessed with her. And so what do I do with that once she's moved on and gone, which she will be the end of this month. And so I'm taking all of that emotion and just dumping it on this dog. But sometimes I think we actually place a little too much priority on our pets. And to the point of where sometimes I'll see, you know, you see the ads for people that are starving and to donate to hunger. And then commercials will come on to donate for hungry pets because pets are hungry. And I wanna know how, how everybody else thinks about, do we go too far? with pet ownership sometimes and doing things for our pets and sacrificing some of these human things so that our dogs can live like humans. Wow. <laughs> so um, I spent some missionary time in Trad Tobago and um, at a particular time I was in Tobago. Um, of course, you know, you have to drive on the right side of the car um, and, and Trad, if you know anything about going into any of the islands, the dogs will lay in the street, you know, um, when you're driving. And so you have to, you know, try to miss them or sometimes you may hit them. Think about that. So I'm in Trinidad. I'm on a missions trip. I'm there to minister to the women for 30 days. And I decide I'm going to get in this little Jeep and drive to the market. And there's a dog in the street. I swerve to miss the dog. I flip the Jeep over. You hear me? I end up in the drainage ditch in Tobago. Police officers come the whole nine yards and they say, weapon. And I said, I was trying to miss the dog. The dog was laying in the street. And this is what the police officer in Trinidad said to me. Watch me now, Americans. Animals have no rights here. Bounce the dog. You almost kill yourself before not wanting to hit a dog. And I looked at her and these were my exact words. Dogs and cats times in America have more rights than adults and human beings. So I was afraid to hit that dog because here in America, you can get sued by the owner. It could be a lawsuit. They're going to take your house, your car, your everything because of an accident of hitting a dog. 
So what, what are we doing with regards to that? Do I believe in pets? Absolutely. Had them the entire time I was rearing my children. Um, we had everything from an iguana, a turtle, a gerbil. We had several poodles. We had a chow chow and we never got a pit bull, but we always had something. And I too found myself wanting to replace when my children left and getting pets. But I mean, where have we gone with this? That's a very interesting question. It is. Uh, I, I, uh, I have such a, a bleeding heart for all animals. All an I grew up on a farm and um, on a gentleman farm. And so you'd think I would be a little bit more um, numb to it because when you live on a farm, you know, the animals are there. Um, their property and they are your living, right? But I, I just, I just can't stand to see any living thing suffer ever. And my, I have two dogs, a little Pomeranian Coco and uh, an Australian Shepherd Gideon, and a cat named Oliver Twist. And um, I have to admit, I spend way too much money on them. Way too much money. Um, and I also, at one point we had nine horses now talk about money. That was like a fire hose of money, just flying out. Um, and we, it, 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 it's to have an animal though is a great responsibility. And, and I'm sitting, and I'm sitting here thinking about, um, you know, the commercials for feed the hungry and then feed the feed the animals or save the animals and those pitiful commercials. And I think that the thing that bothers me the most is that humans, human beings uh, can think and um, provide for themselves. We as humans have um, breeded these special mixes of dogs to sell them. And uh, it, it's like, those animals don't have a choice where I feel like as a human being, I have a choice. Right. And I feel like they don't have any choice. And so um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but that's why I think that I, my heart bleeds for them. I Mine does too. And yeah. I, I love my dog. My dog is, you know, let me just say to all dogs, I think that God, put dogs on earth to be man's best friend. They are the best friend people could ever have. And that's why Becky, when people do these commercials about these abused dogs and they showed them, they show them in the cold and the snow and uh, chained up and, and uh, Judy, your dog is adorable there. <laughs> and um you know, my heart goes out to them because they don't have a choice. And we are the people that are, are doing that to them. I, I just can't even stand it. I would absolutely donate to the dog program because I just feel so bad for them. I don't buy my dog ridiculous toys and things though. And I don't spend a lot of money on her other than I, I make her fresh chicken uh, for her food along with her, her dog food. And I, I like doing that because I think the stuff that comes in those cans is like the worst stuff ever, but that that's just, you know, my dog is a pit bull. 
I know um, Misha said, you, you said you've never had a pit bull. Well, I never had mm-hmm. one either until this dog, somebody dumped out in the country. I live out in the country and somebody dumped this dog in the middle of nowhere. And it showed up as a puppy on my property um, on Christmas Eve, seven years ago. And my first thought wow. was, oh my gosh, a pit bull. I, I hope it doesn't bite. This is the kindest, sweetest, nicest dog who gets along with all animals and all people who is completely obedient. She is absolutely the best friend to my husband and I, and I love her with all my heart. And it breaks my heart when I travel, which my husband and I do frequently and, and have to leave her, but I leave her with my daughter who has her own dogs who lives down the street from me. And she loves my daughter. So, you know, to your point, Becky, I absolutely think we go way overboard. The, the, the money that is spent in this country on animals is huge. It's a huge business. Um, look at the stores, PetSmart and Petco. And um, I got to read this to you. Yeah. This is, okay. This is hilarious. Um, there's a hotel in Aspen called the Little Nell. Okay. And it's a very um, fancy pants hotel. It says, come stay with us at our Aspen pet friendly hotel. Okay. Um, it says, we understand pets are part of the family, which is why we proudly welcome the four-legged friends in all of our luxury accommodations. Okay. Get this, the pet amenities at the Little Nell. While enjoying our spacious um let me pet friendly rentals. Your four-legged friend will eat Epicurean selections from our special pet menu. All of our canine delights are, are delights are prepared with high quality ingredients like Wagyu beef and served in fresh dog friendly bowls. Get this. Here's the pet menu. Okay. Canine delights. Epicurean treats for our four-legged friends. All meals include carrots, brown rice and scrambled eggs and are served in dog friendly bowls. You can this you can choose from local ground beef for 18 bucks, grilled chicken breast for $18 or grilled salmon for $18 for your doggy. Okay? Can you believe that? I, I can mean- tell you that there are people in that town that aren't eating as well. I know. You know you that. Imagine? Oh my gosh. Imagine it. You know, <laughs> here's the other thing that's happening with dogs is the dental visits for dogs. Have you all heard about this? It is big business now. And it used to be years ago, they just started talking about it. And it was even back then, it was cost prohibitive. But now I want to say it starts at $400 or $600 and goes up from there because it involves putting the dog out because no dog is going to allow you to scrape tartar off those canines without biting your hands off. But I mean, I do it to my dentist practically. (laughs) But to think that now this is becoming an expected part of dog ownership, that once a year or once every two years, you take your dog in and spend anywhere from $400 to $1,000 to have their teeth cleaned. Well, don't they have something too, like um, dogs that have counselors that they what? go for, dep- for, for depression and they go what? for... 
I didn't make that up. I did not. No, I promise you I have not made that. No, you have not made that up. You I think I want to be a dog. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Yes. So you have people, you have dogs getting counseling, and you have people out here who, because of their medical bills or lack of medical insurance or whatever, can't go to help somewhere. But you have dogs getting counseling. Oh, yes. And drugs. They give dog, dog insurance. Anti, oh, dog, yes. Dog insurance and dog anti-anxiety medication. Yes. Well, yes, I don't ma'am. mind that yes, when ma'am. it's the 4th of July, I got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It I don't is. know. I just think they're, they're, they're our best friends. I, I think that too many are mistreated, but to your point, I think too many are kind of over-treated. I, I just think dogs like being dogs. That's what I think. I think they like sniffing around at things and they like chasing things. I know my dog loves chasing things. We have where I am, we have squirrels and we have, um, armadillos. Oh my goodness. She loves to chase the armadillo. The armadillo beats her every time. Um, and she's fast, but armadillos are faster. So yeah, they're, they're, but you know what? They are so happy to see us. They love us unconditionally. I, I, I just, they, they are God's greatest gift to people. I think. They truly are. And you know, I, I will, I will say this in defense. I, I had a poodle once and her name was, uh, her name was Sasha. And I left home. I was living in Lynchburg, Virginia at the time. I left home to go to the market came back and Sasha met me at the door. She was showing me all of her teeth. She's a miniature poodle. And I was like, Sasha, what is going on with you? Why are you doing this? She would not allow me to go downstairs. I went upstairs with my groceries, a split split level home there in Lynchburg, put my groceries down. I heard something downstairs. Sasha kept standing in front of me, would not allow me to go down. Do you know that there was someone in my home robbing the home? at that time. Um, I called my husband, said, I don't know, Sasha's acting crazy. Finally, I went downstairs. The TV was gone. The stereo was gone. The patio door was wide open. So yeah, you know, they, they, they are beautiful to have and beautiful for us to take care of. And they do love us. And so I have happen to agree with that. Now, listen, Sasha did not get on anybody's couch for counseling and Sasha did not have insurance. Um, like I had for medical insurance or dental, but Sasha, I totally appreciated her and how <laughs> she loved our family. Yay, Sasha. <laughs> Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years. Brush, floss, repeat. We're told to use fluoride, which doesn't really address the acid-creating bacteria. That is where the dentist-recommended Spry Dental Defense System shines. Spry products contain xylitol, a natural sugar, which helps get rid of those nasty, smelly, acid-creating bacteria in our mouth. 
The best way to care for your teeth and gums is by using Spry. The Spry Dental Defense System has a wide variety of products, toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and chewing gums that are designed to work together to keep your teeth clean and mouth healthy and smelling sweet all day long. To get your oral care back on track in an easy, effective, and very tasty way, switch to Spry today. Ask your dentist about Xylitol and the Spry products. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural product retailers. Welcome back to Ladies of Liberty, and I'm going to introduce our Ladies of Liberty today. Today we have Becky Colminen, and Becky is a voiceover artist. She is a, what, you always forget the words. You are a voice talent. That's what you yep, are. Voice, voice talent or voiceover artist, either yes, word. Yes, and you hear her lovely voice right in the Ladies of Liberty show at the beginning and the end. Um, and we have Judy Moran and Judy is the, she's the director of client relations at the 12 week year, which is an amazing program that she and her husband have uh, teaching people how to basically make yourself find a way or have a way to do more in your life, to get things done, to succeed, to uh, sell more, to have better marriages. Uh, it's an amazing program. I have done it myself and I love it. We have Misha Woodruff Cooper with us and Misha is an, in sales and she lives in Virginia. Judy is in Arizona. Becky is in Michigan and I'm Linda Martinelli. I am in Texas and I am a business owner. So we're all over the place today, ladies, but you know who else is all over the place? Colleges. Colleges are all over the place. And two of you have just had your kids graduate recently from college. So I'm dying to hear the stories about that. But, and hopefully they didn't take any of these classes in college because you know what, what kids are learning today, we talk about uh, the administration wanting to pay everybody's college bills. Well, don't you have to take something really good in college that kind of works for your future? I want to mention some of the craziest, wildest, and wackiest college courses that are offered across America and see if you think that these are going to get these people a job. Now, I have to say, as an employer, when I have people come in to apply for a job, sometimes I'm seriously disappointed that they, A, can't look me in the eye, B, they can't fill out an employment application, and they can't... Uh, they can't, they certainly don't have a resume and they, they, they just can't communicate. So what are we teaching them? Well, uh, there is a college at Pepperdine. Pepperdine university is teaching introduction to surfing. So I'm sure that that will get kids a long way in life and let's go to number two. And then I, I want to hear some comments. So I have talked about this one before this one actually drives me crazy. There is a college course you can take on Beyonce and her music. And in this case, it's Beyonce and intersectionality, which I'm not even sure what that means. I guess if I took the class, I would find out. <laughs> I think it's actually a typo. I think it should be intersectionality. <laughs> In what? Intersectionality. 
Oh, <laughs> well, it could, it could be that too, because it also, it says that, that the class covers such bold topics as racism, classism, and sexism. So there you go. And then we can do a class on tree climbing. You want more? Uh, I'm, I'm actually looking. I'm, I want to hear them all. Yeah. It's, um, now, Linda, is it just at Pepperdine that these classes are Oh, no, offered? no, it's all over the place. No, there's different, the different classes are at different colleges. Okay, well, you know what this tells me without digging into this any deeper? It tells me that we're dumbing down college. Oh, you think? <laughs> because they're using these genres to resonate with the minds of the younger who are what um mary uses the word uh, it's not uber it's um hyper fixated they can get hyper fixated on certain things uh, like harry potter one of these is harry potter understanding good and evil and harry potter has just been so big for so many decades that somebody is morphing that book or movie and to teach good and evil you can you can do that with a bible you can do that with everyday life you can do but they're trying to connect with minds that haven't been thinking a whole, real deep to begin with perhaps and that's how, really, how does this help you get a job down the road i don't i'm not clear on that i no, none of it like learning to surf i and uh, none of it and so are they are these being offered because they're thinking that students aren't well-rounded enough and they're not getting enough free time in I, I, it makes no I sense. Don't think, I don't think, I think that a lot of it is because um, in today's time, okay, I, I think they want thinkers where, where I particularly work, but most places today, they literally are training the youth to be almost robotic as far as, as working is concerned. They don't want them to think, you know, to take a particular curriculum, to take a, a particular class. Um, my studies were Bible and law enforcement, criminal justice. Um, in addition to being a certified massage therapist, but I had to know different things. I had to know words like nomenclature, you know, um, and here's something that in our family, we say a lot um, when we're praying for our family members with regards to work, we pray for work with benefits. We don't pray for jobs. Jobs are just over broke. Um, they're not going to pay you enough. Nine times out of 10, you're going to have to pay more for your insurance, et cetera. But we have literally trained the youth today to not be thinkers. They use their thumbs. The sometimes their, their thumbs are the strongest parts of their body um, with regards to um, anything that has to do with games or, or whatever. They don't have to think. They don't have to think. They just, okay, press this button. They don't know how to count. Um, give them a $20 bill and give them 11 cents. Um, they don't know. They don't want that 11 cent because they don't know how to count the change back. You know, and so a lot of that has been where we are. And I totally agree with the whole dummying down of things. Listen, um, I'm a self-proclaimed nerd. And I say that and I say it with pride. I am a nerd. I'm okay being a nerd. I like to read books. I have probably five books that I'm reading right now, depending on what room in my home I'm in. Um, I like to ask the question to people when I first meet them, what are you reading? You would be amazed at how many people are not reading. You know, why? You know, all you have to do is press a button. 
all you have to do is, you know, uh, and some people don't even know how to use their phones, you know, which are many computers, you know, but the babies are coming into the world knowing how to use the phones because you just press a button. And so all these different things are happening. And this is where we are. And by, by the way, the whole Harry Potter books, I remember when they came out, I was substitute teaching in the school system. I got in so much trouble because the teacher wanted me to read from that book. I am a pastor. I am a missionary. And when I read, when I read the, the article that she wanted me to read out of that book, I refused because those are real spells. Those are real witchcraft spells and I refused to do it and I got in trouble but it didn't matter because for me it was like I'm not reading it I'm not going to read it over the children I'm not going to read it to the children and I forbade my sons to be a part of it yeah Judy let me let me let me tell you a couple more here so that you can comment on these because one is pertains to you it's arguing with Judge Judy <laughs> so, so there's a class you could take in college about arguing with Judge Judy, and they talk about uh, taking a deep dive into judge shows so that they can talk about why certain things are happening in, in the courtroom, which is really interesting to me because that courtroom is not the same kind of courtroom that you'd see, say, in a criminal trial. Right. There's one more that you'll appreciate: nip, tuck, perm, pierce, tattoo, and embalm, embalm. Holy cow. Um, Adventures with embodied cultures. Um, I I mean, these, these are classes that you can pay for your kids to take in college. What a great thing to do with your money. You know what though, Linda, there is one on this list that I would highly recommend. And that's number 11 failure. Oh yeah. I would take a class. And I would encourage my daughter to take a class in mm-hmm. failure. Truly. That's fantastic. Because yeah. we don't know how to fail and be okay with it. And more importantly, learn from it. Exactly. There's no so, better teacher than failure. And it's, it's so and, and even though that's true, as you grow up and you fail and you fail and you fail, depending upon the reaction of others, to your failure, it can be really hard to accept that failure is a learning process and not just you're done. You're done. You're stupid. You're worthless. You're not going to make anything of yourself because you failed. Then you, fortunately, we have historical um, references to successful failures in people such as Thomas Edison how many times right. did he fail? I, countless. Um, Einstein, um, we've got high school dropouts, grade school dropouts, middle school dropouts who became, who were very intelligent and God-given intelligence. You know, those people come along who have those, that kind of intelligence that just isn't even so much learned as it is God-given, in my opinion. You know, people like Abraham Lincoln was very, self-taught, but he was also a man for a certain time that I believe God placed there with incredible intelligence. Um, That's right. That just, uh, it was, it was his time. Yeah. He was, it was a gift, but yes, failure is something. It was a class that I would recommend out of all these. I highly recommend that class. And I think that, um, 
that one class should actually be a requirement. Um, and our family, our family motto is based off of a line in Brian, Brian's book, right? And it's, you know, failure does not define who you are, okay? Um, but failure is essential to success, okay? Right. It, it's, it's essential. Um, the difference between a successful person and a person, a mediocre, you know, a mediocre performer, okay, really is that uh, it's not that they don't fail. Somebody who is successful, it's not that they don't, they don't fail, it's that they recover quicker. That's really the key, okay, to success is, is how quickly can you recover from your failure? And I think that way too many people live inside their failure. They live out of that failure for the rest of their life. And I know, I understand that feeling. I have failed and failed spectacularly, um, but I have recovered and I don't allow myself to live in that failure. Judy, yeah. you always do everything spectacularly. So I am not surprised <laughs> and that's why we love you. Hey, I so how, you. how about, how about these two, two classes? There's two bad ones and a good one. How the Simpsons saved American literature, the Simpsons. Okay. No. And then Lady Gaga and the sociology of the fame. I, I just think those are worthless. I'm very sorry. But one that I do like actually is about, um, dealing tactfully with difficult people. I think that all of us in business and we all are in business could absolutely use a class like that because we do have to deal with difficult people and we can't just say anything that we want. We can't come unglued at them and we have to deal tactfully. So that's a good class for people to take. I would agree. I want to, I, I want to say this first, I, I, just, just for, just very quickly. Um, interestingly, you talked about the whole failure. Um, I got a Facebook message from my nephew the other day and uh, his name is Ross. He's actually all American, 11 years old. He is a junior Olympic, um, all American throughout the United States. And he's 11. Wow. Um, wow. And he's always working very hard, working, you know, and I, th one of the things that I said to him was this, and the only thing that you would ever fail at is to remain in a falling state. Just get back up and try it again. You know, you're only a failure if you remain, if you stay laying down and you refuse to try. Those are the failures. You know, anybody trying, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, Dr. John Maxwell, who wrote a book on failing forward and how you're growing from that and you're moving forward in your failures. And, you know, so, yeah, big thing with regards to that, um, that whole failure thing. I refuse to allow anybody to label me um, with their wordsmithing words. Um, and so for me, some people would look at me and say that I was a failure. I was teenage pregnant. Um, high school had, was forced out of high school because I was pregnant. Got a GED, but then went on and got three college degrees and speak professionally and sing professionally and do all these things. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, if I had listened to the person who said, you failed. Never. I got back up. We can get back up. So I just wanted to put that in there. Definitely. Love it. 
Love it. See, we, we have all failed spectacularly. So <laughs> that's, that could be a good thing at times, you know, it, it, it makes you, um, it makes you pick yourself up. So these classes that the, there are some classes I think are absolutely worthless in college. And there are other classes that I think could work well. So, you know, that's and my last word. Listen, Miss Linda, definitely dealing with difficult people. I mean, listen, sometimes the difficult person is the person in the mirror, <laughs> you know, and we have to learn to know ourselves as well. You know, um, so many different times, depending on genres, the different places or whatever. It's interesting how people will say, well, you're too aggressive or you're, you're too assertive or you're not aggressive enough or you're this or you're that. Knowing your personality style, knowing if you're a driver, if you're amiable, if you are whatever helps so much, you know, in communicating. But many people don't know themselves, you Wouldn't know, that and be so, a good class. Wouldn't yeah. that be a good oh, yeah. class to have to, to be able to have us look in the mirror and see if we're the people that are the ones being difficult and, and if we're the ones that, uh, you know, need to fix something within ourselves. And I, I had that in a sales meeting one time and, um, you know, it was very, uh, to be introspective and look at your own self and see, say in your marriage, how it would be to be your spouse and be coming home to you. How would that feel? Wow. That's something to really think about. I think about that a lot. You know, when, if, if I'm being difficult, I'm thinking, you know, how, how would my, how, if it was reversed, how would I feel coming home to that? Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind. 